I remember kind of realizing one time at a festival, I was listening to one DJ. It was like kind of like the third or the fourth kind of set. Mm. And I was like, wait, there's a pattern here. It's build up, build up, build up, drop the beat, doof, doof, doof. Everyone's bouncing. They run out of energy and it's the same thing again. Yeah. And I'm like, and then I just I just stopped and I just watched people. I'm like, what the fuck? It's hard being a festival DJ. Do you know why? Because everyone's on pingers. Well, you're like that is one. <laughs> um, but it is hard being a festival DJ because these festival DJs, when you get to a festival, a lot of these DJs, number one thing is, is they're trying to impress. And the thing, they're trying to make sure they trend as well. And they're connecting to the crowd. Oh, yeah. Um, it's very hard, even though there is millions of songs out there, it's very hard being a festival DJ and keeping that energy at a high level without repeating something that last DJ that was just on. Welcome to the Sevo Show. We are here once more, like we are every time. Shout outs to Hunt and Brew. You see the drink, Hunt and Brew. There it is, the, uh, the Hunt and Brew. It's, it's good, thanks. Uh, another shout out to my boy, Edward Maradona for the the t-shirt plug, one of my favorite t-shirts. This thing is like fire. So shout outs to Eddie. Right, now that's done. We're back to the uh to the the guest. We've got DJ Profits. What's good? The DJ Profits. I don't good? actually know his full name. I looked it up, but I couldn't find it. So we're just gonna call him DJ Profits. It's a mystery to everyone. That's right. That's right. I and love it. Profits comes from where? Like, are you making profits? Are you a profit? Like, you're foreseeing some shit or um, both? So when I was young, it was a case of that, like, uh, when I was young, it was just a case <laughs> of I always just love, like, making money and making profit out of things. I used to, like, really indulge into, like, finding something that's, like, quite old or, you know, like, you know when you're a kid and you just want to make money for, like, I don't know, like trainers and clothes and stuff like that. I'm still that. there. So like, you know. I'm still there. I would like, you know, buy little chocolate bars and like sell them off at a profit and stuff like that. So like everyone used to. What was your first them. hustle? My first, first hustle? It would be in school. Yeah. Chuck shop. Just like selling like sandwiches. <laughs> anything that like if my mum made me something and I didn't want it, I'd like sell that. Like, you know, just put it on the market. Yeah. Like Christmas gifts that like, you know, you'll be like, yeah, I love it. And then you actually don't love it. So you, then you just end but up. But you love it because you know it has value. Yeah. 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 Like stuff, stuff like that. So that would probably be my first hustle. I'm really good at like selling stuff. So yeah. What's, yeah. what was the most uh, profits or what was the most profit you made at school for one item? You remember? At school for one item. It, it, it's going to sound ridiculous because obviously we deal in pounds, right? So yeah. Probably the most profit I've made off like a sandwich. It's probably roughly around about what five five pounds. <laughs> what was in that? Well, I, I bought it for five at school. I, I sold it for ten. So <laughs> you know what I mean. At school, it was someone that was desperate. Okay. Yeah. So supply and demand. Supply and demand. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and obviously, I knew that. And I'm a kid, so like, I don't yeah. know. Like you know, I'm just like whatever. What do you think it comes from? This. Um, my dad is like my dad was sorry. Um, He's a really, he's a hustler, man. He works so, so hard. So like just growing up and like watching him, the way that he would just hustle on like everything. I think it just is hence why it's turned me into like a kind of like entrepreneur, I would say. Because like there's, he would always say there's nothing that you can't do. And, it, and it's just like, there's nothing you can't make money from. There's yeah. nothing that like you yeah. can't indulge in or learn from. So like just watching that and like getting that from him, I yeah. think that's probably where So sandwich game. 
was strong, but so then you moved on to something strong. else? So um, I also played when I was young. I also played uh, professional cricket as well. Yeah. So that was something that like, again, like always hustling, always, you know, like training, making sure I'm working hard. I've done a range of things. Also, I worked at JD Sports. Um, I worked at Sainsbury's. You guys would have like Woolworths and stuff like yeah. that, right? So it would be yeah, we're like Australia. the equivalent, equivalent of that. Like, yeah, so, nice. Um, and yeah, I've just, I don't think there's anything that I haven't done really. Yeah. I feel, I feel that. I feel that. Yeah. Like my game, yeah, my, my hustle game at school was the zombie chews. And if you've seen <laughs> that, if you've heard that story. Yeah, I have actually. Yeah. It's, it's interesting that you say that because I'm like looking at you now and I'm thinking quite fitting. Yeah. yeah. And my mum, my mum's, we're, we're Soviets. We're Russians. That's okay. all we do over there. If you, if you don't hustle, you die. die. You go into yeah. the military and you die. So um, I went, I went and did that hustle. And then I remember actually how I came up with that idea was my little sister was at daycare and they had all these boxes of Cadbury chocolates to sell. Yeah. And they said to me, it's like, can you take this to school and sell it? I was like, yeah, that sounds like fun. Yeah. Like, you know, make money, you know? And then I'd sell out so quickly. I'm like, what the fuck? So I go, I go back there. I'm like, here you go. And they're like, wow, that was quick. Can you do more? I was like, yeah, sick. Started doing it, doing it, doing it. And I'm like, this is, this is easy and I'm, I'm loving it. And then I'm like, why the fuck am I not making any money from this? But that's the thing, eh? Once you find something that like, yeah. um, it just ticks that box for you and you start to enjoy it, there's like, it, there's endless possibility to Hard. where it will take you kind yeah. of thing. You know what I yeah. mean? And I think that's what's. Yeah. And then I remember. only being human, I would say. That's exactly. Human, and then that amplified when I was, uh, I'd play video games, online video games, like browser-based games. Yep. There's this game called Habbo Hotel. Never heard of it. Never. No, most people never heard of it. It's kind of like at the same time as RuneScape was around. Okay. So Habbo Hotel is like, it's like this chat room. Yeah. And you make your own hotel room and then you can buy furniture. And that furniture is, you know, you, you, you buy credits, you send a text message, text message costs $3 and they, they send you a code and the code is like uh, for 12 credits. And a hustle. A hustle. Yeah. A hustle so those credits I'd get furniture for. And then I'd make, Eventually, I made a furniture shop okay. online and I'd get people to come in and trade for it and I would spend hours trading what? virtual furniture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was 12, 13 years old and by the time I was 15, I was still playing it. And I was embarrassed because I felt it was like a little kid's game. No, but the thing is it set you up for like Bro, what like reality absolutely. And what real life is because yeah. at the end of the day, like if you're ahead of the game that early at yeah. that age, and then you're going to become an adult. You're yeah. going to be like set up for exactly. what is real life. That's exactly you know? what I said. Yeah. Yeah. And then what happened was uh, someone, because I was about to finish, I, I, I wanted to quit the game, mm. but I had all, of, all this valuable rare furniture. And someone said, hey, um, can I have your account? Um, I'll pay you. And I'm like, <laughs> how much? And they're like, what, name a price. I've got my dad's credit card. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck? Oh, my Lord. But I was 15, so I'm like. I don't really care. I don't have morals. Yeah, you wouldn't have. <laughs> I would so I'm have. like, okay. Uh, okay. And then because I played the game for so long, I knew the values. values. And I knew the kind of monetary values because there was a whole exchange. There was websites dedicated to values of the rare furniture. Yeah. And I knew the ins and outs of all of that. So you can see how that see translates how into the real, real yeah, world. For sure. And then what I did was I was like, all right, if, it, if it's worth – one green couch. The green couch was like one kind of unit of measurement in the game. Yeah. It's kind of like the one US dollar. 
one green couch was worth like, I don't know, like three to five bucks or something. And I had items that were worth thousands of dollars. And I was like, okay, for this one item, uh, it's normally worth a thousand, but I'm going to go with 800. How does that sound? And she goes, yep, no worries. Bang, PayPal, done. And I'm like, holy fuck. I went straight to uh, eBay, <laughs> started spending shit. My, my PayPal account started off because I think there was like age restriction. They were probably like, what is going on? My this mom is just like. My mum, they would get all this mail coming to the door. And my mum was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Who the fuck's, how are you affording this shit? You work at Hungry Jack's, bro. <laughs> and I'm just like, let me tell you, you know that game you, you tell me to get off all the time on that I'm spending at 1am? Yeah. I'm making bank now. That makes your family, like your yeah. parents feel like, hold on a minute. Yeah. Like, I've been against it this whole time. Oh, now. man. She's been supporting me. So I end up pulling out at about four and a half grand. Jesus. Yeah. And the, 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 at what the, age is this? 15. At 15. Yeah. Yeah. Four and a half grand. did you spend grand. that one? Exactly. So <laughs> eBay. eBay was like prime time. And eBay was, I, 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 I've started picking up guitar. Yeah. I, I bought a guitar. Amps, Xbox 360, all the games, Guitar Hero, um, and a lot of it was from junk food. So I'd buy, I'd get Doritos and fucking ice cream and stuff and cans of Coke. And I was living it up. I was like, yeah. So question, mm. if you was to have that money back, like knowing what that money's worth My God. now, what okay. would you have bought with that? Crypt? Nah, I would have <laughs> gone with, um, I, would, I would go straight into index funds. Index funds, the only thing I would have put it in. And obviously, if I knew back then Apple stocks, I would have put it in that. It's crazy how a time machine would be so valuable oh, to God. people. Oh, right? God. Yeah. Yeah. I it, think exactly. About that all the time. But that's what I tell kids now. Like, I, I see 15 year olds hustling and mm. they're making money. The first thing I ask them is, what are you spending that money on? What are you spending it on? And they're spending it on shoes and clothes and I, I shit. I guarantee it. And I'm just like, like, don't do that. They won't don't listen to do you. That. They know. won't listen to you because it's like, we wouldn't listen back then. No. So it's like, yep. I, I know like a lot of adults out there are like, oh, well, yeah. if I just listened and you tried to inspire, there's just something. But I didn't have that. that. Yeah. Out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's, what you want like it's a human thing again like um, yeah. if your brain is telling you exactly what you want and someone's trying to advise you on something different but you want that yeah. you're gonna go off if i did that back then and i kept that momentum i'd be on house money by now yeah. just escape the rat race yeah i mean i couldn't tell uh, within 15 like I from 15 years old you can retire by 30 yeah if you if you put in a thousand bucks a month into investing a thousand bucks for 15 years by the time you're 30, you are living on dividends. It's very few people out there in that world that will think like that though. Yeah. And you will always wish you did. I always wish I did. Yeah. Um, but you, it won't hit you till you get to that age or you're having a conversation that is just yeah. like this. That Absolutely. You realize that like yeah. that's what that is. You know Absolutely. What I mean? So, yeah. So going back to yourself, what inspires you now? You've got the hustle. Why are you hustling DJ life? Um, it's weird because at first it was like, um, the reason why I picked up DJing at first is because I actually didn't know what I wanted to do in life. So I was just trying like so many different things yeah. that I wanted to do. Uh, and um, then my dad passed away as well. And um, I was doing like, before then I was a, actually a dancer. So How old were like, you when he passed away? So I was 20, it'd be 10 years now. So I was 23. Wow. Yeah. 
So, and, and then I was just trying to find things that I wanted to do. And then I decided I wanted to give up dancing and find something with some value because I was actually having a child at that time as well that wasn't born yet. So I was like, oh man, I've got to find something that's going to like help me support and do X, Y, and Z. Um, so then I just, I just thought to myself, what's like dancing, uh, music, let me try DJing. My, one of my friends was friends with the guy that actually taught me how to DJ, which is Rob Percy, like massive DJ in London. <clears throat> knows absolutely everyone when it comes to like uh, Andy Purnell, who is Central C's DJ now. Uh, Martin Too Smooth, he's EVE's DJ. Um, and I'm like friends with Rob and he runs this event called Hip Hop Karaoke. So like, it's like when you're a kid, I started trying something and I was just like, like I actually love this. Like, it's like dancing. I can do music. I can play what I want as well as like people appreciating what I'm playing. So yeah, it, that's literally what I was doing. And then I just hustled my ass off. Yeah. Hustled my ass off for it. And so ten, many hours, man. 10 days, uh, 10 years later. Ten yeah. Years later. Still in love. It's 10 years later. 10 years later, still in love, still experiencing new things, uh, experience, experiencing things that I would never think that I would be able to yeah. do, you know, because where I'm from, like, I know a lot of people say it, but in London, where I'm from, which is Southeast London, uh, there's not a lot of people that like make it out and get to experience exactly what I've experienced. So I'm like forever grateful, man. Yeah. So you moved here because you were backed with so what you've achieved? I, I moved here because my second child, my son, uh, uh, his mum is from here and we decided she just wasn't happy in London. So where she wasn't happy in London and this was such a great place to like, you know, uh, raise a family, raise a family. Uh, it was just a decision that we made together that we was going to come here and like, you know, make a go of it. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. So tell me about your creative process now that you've established, um, you've, you've, you've grinded it. Yeah. You've got some experience. You've got some stories that we'll uncover soon. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me your creative process for what it takes to become a DJ. Um, I think, so look, for other DJs out there, it won't be the same because yep. everyone's got their own little path. For me, it was a case of like, I literally, when it became that time when I was like, I want to take this serious sort of thing, I literally just made a list of what I was going to do. So first was making sure that I get all the hours of practice that I can. So um, he, with Rob, it was a case of, there wasn't every gig that I played that was paid. It was a case that I would go, I would learn how to set up the equipment. I would play, maybe I would arrive at like six and my end of the night, I would leave at like, I don't know, two, three in the morning. And it'd be a case I would play. I might even play only for 20 minutes, but if it meant for 20 minutes that I got to play with this set of equipment and learn for 20 minutes, I would do that. The only bad thing would, I would have to stay and pack up the equipment afterwards. But it teaches you how to get in and out of things. If something's mm. going wrong with equipment, you know exactly what you're doing. Yeah. So um, I think learning your equipment, very important. Taking your hours in uh, and knowing how you want to be as a DJ and what you want to play as a DJ is very important. Um, and also like, I would say one of my other things on the list was watching how Rob would um, get reactions from crowds and how, because um, he's going to have a total different sort of technique and a different playing style to me. But at mm. the same time, there's no DJ that you can't learn off. 
So like for me, that was like one of the things on my list that I was like, I have to, I have to learn that. Um, the other things was research and music, uh, finding something that works for me, maybe finding like a few sites that work for me that have like the criteria of sort of songs that I'm looking for. Um, and maybe the sort of like criteria that the event is looking for, you know, making sure that I have a bucket list of websites that I can go to, uh, that is out there. Um, also a lot of people don't do this. There is actually a notification on Spotify and there's a notification on like Apple music or any streaming platform where they will let you know when new music does come out, the minute it hits, the minute it's uploaded, tick that box. I knew that. I even knew that. So many DJs don't know that Jeez. and they wait for other DJs to be playing that music and see how it's playing. You'd be at the, the forefront. To- I didn't know that song came out. What are you talking about? Like. But it's there for you to take. Yeah. Like that was, that's definitely uh, on my list of a uh, creating process. Um, and also like even up to now, I practice. Mm. I practice. I make sure maybe, I don't know, like in a week, I try and make, make sure that at least I'm getting like six hours in yeah. of like really going hard and like, you know, imagining or trying to pretend yeah. that I'm in a club situation and playing different songs and different genres. Do you produce your own stuff? Yes, I I do. I've been doing it for the past three years. Uh, for the last two, I've been taking it serious. Yeah. And uh, that creative process there, that's what I'm more interested about. Because one day I've got a little MIDI kind of little keyboard thing yeah. with a few buttons, Yeah, 250 bucks from the DJ store and the app that comes with it, uh, yeah. a a- Ableton or something. Yeah, Ableton, yeah. I started learning it. Uh, Harrison, Flash Cult, uh, and uh, his boy, uh, Gna. Yeah. Um, they are cool cool kids. They're like residents at the uh, Paramount. Yeah. And they ran me through it. And I was like, all right, I want to learn how to mix the pony and Britney Spears Toxic. Yep. Because that's like a classic one that I always hear. And then we did it. I was like. Fuck yeah, that's sick. <laughs> extracted it from YouTube, extracted it from YouTube, made it. I was like, that's sick. And the way that they taught me was cool, but man, it was like spawning in on a new Call of Duty map for the first time. You're like, yeah. where the fuck is everything? What do I do? <laughs> so yeah. one day I want to get into this as well because yeah. that's that's like I, I am musically creative as well. I know yeah. that. I've been playing guitar for over 15 years. I mean, years. we spoke before. Yeah. I know, yeah. But – Maybe this is it. Maybe this is my inspo to maybe like tinker with it. Yeah. Tell me two years in, two, three years in. Yeah. Where do you start? Um, for me, uh, YouTube is ahead of a tool. No, no, not, not how to do it. Uh, but like the, the, like, okay. Do you do like a beat? Do you do like oh, a melody? So basically for me, um, what's the, where I start, I start melody wise. Melody for me yeah. is like really important for a song. Um, and like the melody of a song really sets the tone of like how someone's going to be feeling. And becomes recognizable. And it becomes recognizable. Yeah. yeah I saw go. a breakdown on TikTok yeah. re- recently about a Taylor Swift song. Mm. And they said, there's this song at the end of the album. It doesn't really have a distinctive melody. So when the first kind of five, 10 notes come on, nobody kind of nobody recognizes, recognizes that that's her song. But then her classics, yeah. you instantly within half a second know it's her song. And that's like, that's where I'm like, okay, I'm banking that in for later. When I create a melody, the first three notes have to be like, that's fucking Sev's banger. Yeah. So how do you come up with something that like that? 
it's it's about having a signature um and it's about having something that is like so for me when i'm making the song nowadays when i'm making the song um a lot of people are really really focused on um like how do i make it like so popular and how does like how do i get all these audiences in but you really have to start with like what attracts you because yeah. there's so many different people out there that are actually like you that like if you start off with again a melody or a song that you love what's an artist that you love oh mate um kendrick, you love kendrick oh yeah right? kendrick oh yeah so um i thought you're talking about more about djs yeah but what, when when i'm thinking about a song um, I'm a winner and then again, oh my God. again. Mad so when you think about that, right? Yeah. Like just that melody itself. Blim, blim, it, it, you know winner. what I mean? So like oh, think yeah. about what you like and mm. then maybe take it, swap it up a bit, chop yeah. it up, use certain sounds within that oh, melody that are gonna like oh. the samples that are gonna help you create something. And then it's just about adding on to that. Yeah. What's a drum pattern that you really love? What's a drum pattern that you would do at school Men. or oh, something that's, bro. you know, Traps. like you can find so many different patterns. Yeah. And then maybe you might have a Kendrick song and then, I don't know, for instance, I'm not saying you're going to do it. You might have a Kendrick song that you find uh, the melody to that. And then maybe the beat from this Katy Perry song that you really, really love. And then like put them together. And people are like, holy shit, did you? Dude, I love those videos. Like there I'm like I, I know that because there's a there's a sample app you can get. It's called Splash or something. Splash, yeah. Splash, Splash is out there. Yeah. Um, on Black Friday, I was just on it because I was getting some tracks for my TikTok videos. Because yeah. I make I do a little bit of music production every now and then. That's good. For, That's for good. the back of my TikTok videos. Yeah. Because sometimes I just want it original, especially for my sponsored stuff. Because they want they don't want commercial they don't want music. Commercial music. Yeah. Um. Anyway, on Black Friday, I was on I was mm -hmm. on it, and then they were like. Hey, just on Black Friday, we're giving away these 25 sample packs. And each sample pack had like thousands of samples. <laughs> and one of them was Travis Barker's drum skit oh. sample. And I'm like, download that shit. And then I was like listening to all of them. And I was like, I know how that, I know, I know how I'd use that track. I know how to use that track. Yeah. And then it's just finding a melody. And I was like, so okay, I've spent an hour. Now I'm not a music producer yet. This is a new journey that I know I'm going to get obsessed with. Yep. I need to pause because I need to do other shit. Well, that's what I'm saying because it's because you found uh, the com the common thing in within that. You know what I mean? You found something that you love. So starting with something that mm. you love or a song that you love is like one of the best things you can do because yeah. one, you're going to know that song inside out. Dude, I the way that I hear music and especially talking with someone like yourself mm. and some past musicians i've talked to it's just like i can hear the bass i'm like rose glasses on i can hear the drum i can hear the snare i can hear the yep. 808s and yep. all that shit and and it's like the algorithm on tiktok has pushed me out to like here's how daft punk sampled this track and you're like you know how they the little colored sample tracks and they do it and they they stretch it out they yep. reverse it and i'm like how does how someone does find where that sample came from if Daft Punk didn't do it? Even Kendrick as well, even Kanye, even I'm like, what? And we're all like, so nowadays uh, sampling is like one of the most populous ways yeah. to uh, produce music, you know? Um, hence why, I don't know if you know, so there's a program, there's a DJ program that I use called Serato. Serato, dude, that new feature. is absolutely everywhere. They've got a STEM feature, right? The stem that stem feature, believe it or not, is how a lot of producers mm. have been producing music 
for years. But that feature only, only came out now. recently. Exactly. But but the program wasn't, um, so uh, there wasn't a DJ program or any sort of program. Well, there were, but they were like mediocre compared to what that is, yeah. you know? Um, so, um, yeah, like I was saying, that program is literally, you think about that and then you think about putting it into Ableton or something oh, else. Oh, dude. Like, I that's been going on for years. But but how did they do it before this program came out? So what you could do is, what you could do is technically you would get this song, uh, even if you're using Ableton, you would take a song and basically it's about learning the patterns within that song, uh, going into, you see how you've got like your grids and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. And it's just about turning certain sounds down, turning vocals up and finding it so how you get yeah. the actual stem. And now the AI does it for you. Or, uh, now yeah. it does it for you. Bro, when I first yeah. saw it, I was at a wedding. It was photo photographing. Yeah. And my, my guy, Eden from Envy, shout outs, he, he was playing with it. I was like, bro, have you seen it? He's like, yeah, man, I've been playing with it nonstop. But because it was like, it was literally the same week it came out. Yeah. It kept crashing. That's because it was the beta version. So yeah. actually I've got a yeah. secret. So, um, so, so my Serato, I've never, I been lucky enough to meet a guy called Blakey in London. Shout out to you. And he is actually the head of Serato. Oof. So whenever I go to London, I always make sure I go to visit him yeah. to make sure I'm getting all the updates and everything else like that. <laughs> Get so, the USB in, like, give me updates, yeah, thoughts. <laughs> yeah. So um, actually I managed to play with it before the even beta version came Whoa. out. And everything else. So like seeing that was like, yo, this is about to change. Did you have to like sign an NDA or some shit? Yeah, yeah. So I couldn't, um, so on my Instagram, I had a video up that I was at Serato or whatever because they were literally playing with it in the background. Even though I wasn't showing it, I could not play the sound. Oh, So I couldn't play the sound. I couldn't have my phone like even near the laptop kind of thing or yeah. like whatever. Like it was, this thing was like well protected, yeah. like crazy. So the month after it was like a month or two, mm. I got back to Perth and I'm like, when are they releasing this thing? Because I just want to play, like yeah, let me play yeah. with it. And then they put it out and I was like, thank God, man. I've been keeping this a secret for like <laughs> ages. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Dude, that's thank sick. God. Because all the top, top DJs out yeah. there in the world were like, started to like, you know. It's a, it's a game changer. And, yeah. 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 Hard. Massive game changer. So how does it work when uh, you become a DJ and you start playing all these commercial songs? Yeah. And you want to bring in a new song that just came out and you want to drop it in your set that night. What's, what are the legalities about doing that? The secrets? Like, how do you not get done for, you know? Um, how, do, what, how do you not get done? But like licensing and stuff. Talk about uh, the licensing. Well, licensing is a very, very hard game. The main thing that you need to do is make sure that you have permission to play that song, whether it is talking to the artist or making sure that you have something in writing also to back you up. Because but, if you don't there's have there's so that. many songs coming out all the time. How do you keep up? Because, right, so I'm signed up to a lot of DJ pools. Number one tip that I would say. So you see, if we just met off the street, you're an artist. I'm an artist, right? I'm going to take your details down. Either an email trail is great. Social media is great, as you know. Yeah. But like an email trail or some way that you can it's get legally contact binding. That is, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So if you have that, even if you've got like an emailing mailing list for yeah. stuff that you do, make sure that the artist gets it. 
because they're going to have your details too. Once you email them, they're going to mm. have your details. If they know that you're a DJ, doesn't matter what level of DJ that you are, because they know that you're a DJ, you need me as much as I need you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, for, <laughs> sure. But what about what about um, already made artists? Like, let's say Travis Scott drops a track tomorrow, and you 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 go, "This is perfect in my set tonight." Impossible. So you, you you're not legally allowed to play it. Legally, if they haven't given you permission for it, and you have that, and you play that, you're in trouble. So what about all the club DJs? In Perth, for example, that go, this track just dropped and they're playing it. Is so, it, are that, is it legally illegal? Like, is yeah, it illegal? No. Well, most of them DJs, what you'll find is, I'm sorry to blow your secret for you guys, because I know, but most Oops. of them DJ will be signed up to either, like, I'm signed up to like Def Jam and all these other labels and stuff like that. That, like, you know, I'm signed up to an emailing list for like Pacific music that is coming out. Yeah. So, you might get put on one of them lists by one of the directors or something like that to say, look, this person plays new music. He's very, he's an influencer out there and he can get, the word out about the music like hence like some of the hip-hop uh, yeah. djs or producers yeah. would do a lot of like strip clubs and stuff that was the first sort of way of you know Shit. really getting your music out there I mean, testing it yeah you know what i mean so um metro boomin literally did an interview um not long ago talking about how like him and future would like literally like burn music on cds literally fresh out the studio and take it to the strip club and test it there i mean but that was old he, school um, that's old school but now it's so quick now that is so quick because you know? All these record, all these record labels are looking to get their music out there. Of so course. there's nothing stopping anyone in this world so, from reaching out yeah. to these labels. Even if you don't get a reply, you might not. Nine so the hierarchy is like, uh, like let's say let's let's list like the top three record labels out there. You've got Def Jam. Def Jam. You've got, I mean, Sony and Universal. Yep. Yeah. You just name. There you go. Done. Yeah. <laughs> so you just hit them up saying, hey, I'm a DJ. I'm popular in the clubs. Can I get permission to play you're, all of the songs under your label? And they'll go, need, yes, no. You're going to need evidence of possible. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the hypothetically, you've got all that. But if they say yes, then great. You've got that in writing. It's, it's stipulated. They'll give you a contract. Yeah. By all means, they will give you a contract and they will say, it will state what you're allowed to do, the yeah. do's and don'ts so the, in that contract. The, the, the kids out doing the, the club DJs here. Yeah. Do you reckon they've got all that? Some DJs don't think like that. And what happens when you, like, how do you get busted? Like, is there someone that comes out repping the universal mm, music or some shit? No, nah, I mean, it would be very hard to get busted, but I think it's a mutual respect thing. It's like, you wouldn't want anyone, if you, it, your music is not ready, you've got it. I was like, yeah, what do you think of this kind yeah. of thing? And you're meant to give feedback to these artists yeah. and you've got it and then you end up playing it, but it's not ready. You wouldn't want anything out there that isn't ready that you yeah, think. Yeah, true. Unless it slaps I mean? them. Like, oh, it's yeah. a mutual respect thing. Yeah. And uh, and then also if they, by any chance, you've got it on like social media, you're sharing it, it gets leaked. Because of the power of social media and the power of things nowadays, yeah. you're going to get found. And once you get found, you're they're going to yeah. say X, Y, and Z. Interesting. You know, they're going to know where this leak has, has come from. Yeah. You're better off trying to protect yourself straight away and lawyering up. Do you, do you want to play more of your own produced music over time and less of the commercial music? No, because I, I love both. Um, I think I think it's great. I think it's great uh, DJs and just anyone out there that is creative, is creative enough to put something out. Mm -hmm. I think it's brave. Um, but also like... I really, really appreciate the guys that are doing like the commercial music because they are inspiring 
people like me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're at the forefront. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So like, um, I think it's a respect thing again. Yeah. I respect them and I respect the people that are yeah, out there really that went through to, it. Like, yeah, I mean, when it. I was 16, I actually wanted to be a DJ. <laughs> Legit, right? One of my first jobs was at the roller rink uh, in Kalgoorlie. Yeah. And they got me on the decks and I had no idea what I was doing. And, and we didn't have the laptop hooked up or anything. Mm. It was, I, I, I think it was a USB mm. that sometimes was corrupt or CDs and you have to change CDs. And it was just the transition stuff. <laughs> and it was almost like before the song starts fading out, you transition. So I learned like that. So basic shit. And I also uh, went uh, and did weddings, DJed at weddings. Okay. But I wasn't the DJ. I was what you did at the start. I was uh, helping set helping up the set lighting. Up. and Because yeah. there's, there's a whole lighting thing now. Like if you, you can't just be a DJ. You have to have a lighting. You have to know how to do everything. It's yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I had this guy. His name's Alan. Shout out to Alan. He owned the music store in Cow. We would go out to all these weddings and I would just watch him do it. And he just bang, bang. He goes, watch this. This is how you get the crowd up. Bang, bang. And it'd be vibing and shit. <laughs> And like majority of the songs back then are still the fucking same now. Yeah. And now I'm like, that's why I'll never be a DJ at a wedding because I'm just sick of hearing Nutbush every fucking weekend. <laughs> so <laughs> playing the same things every exactly, week. Exactly. Exactly. It, it's hard. I mean, how, so how do you, how do you like you, you get fresh? to pr- yeah? How do you keep it fresh? And how do you go? Oh fuck, not this song. But they will love it. How do you go? All right, I'll do it for you. So there's a technique that there's a technique that I do. Okay. Right? So, and it's a technique if I want to introduce new music. I think I've told you this actually before. I might have. So, with new music, it's it's great for the audience member to hear something that they are very, very that is very recognizable to them. Like, uh, let's just say, I don't know. I'm gonna go real old school here. Uh, let's go, Missy Elliott, work it. Mm-hmm. Right. We all know that. If you've got a new song, maybe just use the beat of that. Maybe the intro half. Usually the eight of each song is got like a little intro with the beat and something that's recognizable. Yeah. Maybe use that and then put the newer track underneath it. What does it do? It keeps everyone going within that BPM and time because everyone knows that song. You're putting something that's, new underneath it with that same beat and then bringing in the new song you don't have to play the new song for long maybe you play the new song for what's what's quite a long time nowadays what 20 20 30 seconds is quite long the song nowadays right (laughs) so i know believe it or not but it is you know 20 or 30 seconds is pretty long so maybe play the new song for 20 30 seconds with its original beat and everything else and then bring it in with again with something that is quite popular that people know yeah, but if they're pumping, just keep it going for a bit if longer. If it's working, keep it going yeah. for a little bit longer. Yeah, that's it. It makes people go, oh, what was that? Yeah. And also the momentum of what's happening, it doesn't change because they're still on that same sort of thing. They hear something new, they're still on that sort of thing, and yeah. then they hear something maybe that is a little bit older that they do know to keep them going again. Yeah. So you, you have a, a, a gatekeeping free card, free pass right now. Yeah. So whatever you're saying is not gatekeeping. Three pet peeves that you see club DJs do in the modern era. <laughs> Three pet peeves that I hate people do. Yeah. Uh, so do you want, I do hate, you want more? I hate 
I hate scratching too much. Yeah. I like there's a time and a place for it, man. And also like there's always timing. I when someone's just like absolutely going at it on every song, I can't I can't do that. Yeah. It's too much for me. It, it, don't you think it's a bit like, ah, oh, like if it, especially if it's, say if it's like a slow song and someone's going, yeah. you're like, oh, oh. On, give me a break. Like yeah. I need a break. I hate that. Um, I hate echo. I hate the echo function every song. That's annoying for me. Yeah. Like give me something different. Yeah. Sort of thing. And what about, what about the flow of music? Um, yeah, I was about to say, and not beat matching. I hate that. Yeah, beat matching for me. Being a a wedding photographer and having been a part of many different yeah. DJs there, and also clubs as well, is playing a song for too long. Yeah, that is my number one, mate. It's been a minute forty five. <laughs> the crowd has heard the chorus twice, and they don't give a fuck about the macarena anymore. But I understand. <laughs> I understand if you're playing a song too long because it, it's either like a switch over, like you're switching DJ over, and the DJ isn't quite set up yet, yeah, so fine. you're giving him that time. Yeah, I don't mind that. Or it's a song that you know that, oh, maybe that's not an excuse. That's not an excuse. So because <laughs> as not- a DJ, you should be able to find the highlight of the song and get out of it very quick. Yeah, exactly. There, there's yeah. a couple of DJs I remember that that I was just like, I am recommending you to everybody. Their change of songs was every 45 seconds, you know, yeah. Grandmaster Flash style. I was like, this is so good. This is the one. And, and, you know, back then they were doing it with vinyl. They were finding the exact, like, that shit. Yeah. Like, that was real DJ. Nah, there's some DJs over here that I'm like, if I, if I have something on, you're 100% being on it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's some DJs over here. Yeah, I just, I just, like, come on, Le- like, read the crowd too. Yeah, reading the crowd is so important. There's a lot of DJs out there that, like, uh, just, ah, uh, if I have to swap one, it'd be DJs that don't look up. Oh, they don't go, hey, guys, how's everything going, you know? Because, like, assessing your situation is so important. Like, um, the interaction that you have with that audience. Yeah. No one wants to like, as a, you want to watch a DJ have fun. Yeah. Right. And it be genuine. You don't want to watch a DJ just stand there and do this. <laughs> no, you want, you want him to be an entertainer. This is the worst. This thing here. It, it will almost make me want to be like, all yeah. right, you've had enough. Let me take over. Yeah. Okay. Let's I play that. Let's play one pro one con. DJ Fisher. Fisher. Is it DJ Fisher or just Fisher? Fisher. You know you've made it. You no longer have a DJ at the start, eh? <laughs> it's like. Or you have MC at the front? Mate, yeah, made it. You made it. Yeah. If you just got your name, like no one has to know that. <laughs> like, Madonna, you know? Beyonce. Yeah, like. Yeah. <laughs> God, pros or con? Yeah. One pro, one con. Pro. I think te- technicality. Like. Crazy, crazy, like you just visually yeah. watching, you learn something every time. Every, every time. Yeah. Con. <laughs> I feel bad because I'm like, I'm sitting here like, this guy's going to rip me a new one. <laughs> but I would say. Well, not say con, something that you would personally do different. 
something I would do different. Yeah, that's a better way of wording it. Selection. Selection? Selection of music. Selection of music. Now, is that because of your personal preference or? Uh, I just feel like sometimes there isn't a story behind it. Okay, fair enough. It doesn't like, it doesn't flow as well as it should. All right, one more. Rufus. One pro, one con. That's unfair. He's one of my favorite DJs. All right, start with the pro and then. What do you really like? His selection is crazy, bro. Yeah. Like that's someone that like, he just, he's right every time. Yeah. Like he's rarely wrong. Yeah. Did you go see him? I didn't get the chance. Yeah. I didn't even know he was here. I was like, I didn't get the chance. Yeah. That's someone that's really, really wrong. And it's crazy because the people would be like, well, wait, you DJ so dip, like you dip, do different music. And I'm like, I indulge into everything. It's like skill people set. don't understand. Yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. like I indulge into everything. Yeah. That, yeah, but he he's really wrong. Um oh, come on. It's because he's ticked my number one box, which is the selection. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there you go. The other, I mean, for me, I I wouldn't know. For my one DJ that I grew up listening to was Calvin Harris. Okay. Yeah. And commercial as hell. Back then, I remember having this one set list from him. Just listened to it all the time. Mm. It was an hour and a half long. And I was like, yeah, sick. See, I got to the point where I knew like all the transitions and stuff. Yeah. And then I got to see him live in like 2010 or something at, I don't know, uh, stereo or some shit. And I was like, fuck yeah, Calvin Harris. And, uh, Play the exact same set. It felt like he just put the USB in and pressed play. That's because, and this is one of the main reasons why um, I don't use USB because you're, you are limited to the memory that is on that. You yeah. are totally limited to what that is, right? Red again. What's that mean? Oh, Oh, is that it? Ah, sorry, Ryan's come in and said Fred again. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, like that's why I don't use a USB because if it's like yeah, yeah. with my laptop, I know you, it's a bit like endless sort of memory that you have. Right? Mm. So Serato to me is like the best program that I've ever used and mm. I will only use Serato because, again, I've got my laptop, I've got, and you got the plug. catalog <laughs> of absolutely everything that I will ever need. Yeah. When you put something on a USB, once you've gone through all of that music on the USB, what do you have to do? Yeah, true. If it's if if you're yeah. having if you've got like three or four gigs, are you are you not gonna get bored of that? Yeah, yeah. That's what I mean, you know? You you're gonna you're gonna and then people yeah. get used to yeah what you're doing. By all means, because I've been DJing over here for so long, people are they know exactly what they're gonna get from me at times. Yeah. And I get that, but like I always try to incorporate something that's quite quite new yeah. and energetic in there. Right. Hence why I've been doing it for so long and been at the level that I'm at for so long because it, it does change. It yeah. doesn't stay the same all the time. You know? That's 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 the fun bit. Yeah. yeah. I, I remember kind of realizing one time at a festival, I was listening to one DJ. It was like kind of like the third or the fourth kind of set. Mm. And I was like, wait, there's a pattern here. It's build up, build up, build up, drop the beat, doof, doof, doof. Everyone's bouncing. Everyone they run out of energy and it's the same thing again. Yeah. And I'm like, 
And then I just, I just stopped and I just watched people. I'm like, what the fuck? It's hard being a festival DJ. Do you know why? Because everyone's on pingers. Yeah, well, <laughs> that is one. <laughs> um, but it is hard being a festival DJ because these festival DJs, when you get to a festival, a lot of these DJs, number one thing is, is they're trying to impress. And the thing, they're trying to make sure they trend as well. And they're connected to the crowd. Oh, yeah. Um, it's very hard, even though there is millions of songs out there, it's very hard being a festival DJ and keeping that energy at a high level without repeating something that last DJ that was just on did because that DJ is also trying to impress. Yeah, very true. So uh, they smash out so quick of like things that are like very like popular. Yeah. You'll find that you might even find that the opening DJ is doing that. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Because that opening DJ is trying to get that spot of the, the maybe close to the main set. Yeah, you're hungrier. You're hungry, mate. Yeah. So, and all these DJs been that are booking. Yeah, oh, mate, I've been there. I've done it. I've had, you've, you have to, because it's like, if you go in there cold, yeah. it's like these guys are looking at you, man, and it's hard, right? It's real hard. Yeah. And I learned that from like Rob Percy at, uh, at one of the gigs. I think it was, um, I forgot the name of it. It was in London and he took me to it. It was one of my, like, my first ones that I went to and I was on stage and everything. And the DJ before them was going so hard. And Rob, like, we're sitting at the back. And I'm, like, looking at Rob, like, dude, this guy's going hard. What are you, what are you actually going to play right now? <laughs> and, like, Rob's, like, sitting down there on his laptop, like. And I'm, like, I'm watching this guy stress. So he's, he's like, shifting his strategy. Shifting his strategy around. And then he's, like, he gets up there and he's playing. And, like, for the first, like, 15 minutes that he's playing, because he's had to switch up everything in strategy and try and make sure that he's not playing what that last DJ yeah. did in the last like 20 minutes sort of thing. He's trying to delay. He's trying to delay the repeater songs. He's not saying that he's not going to do it. He's going to yeah. do it, but he's trying to delay it. But the energy bro was just flat because the last DJ has gone so hard at playing everything that's like noticeable yeah, and like fuck. banging. So, so you don't like come together at the start going, all right, don't, don't <sighs> cut no, my grass here. No DJ is going to do that. I would never, that, that's one thing that I don't do. I would never be like, I will always, I will always say, look, listen to a DJ. I will always say to a DJ, look, this is what I'm going to play for my, like maybe like first song. So it help, like helps me, you know, get into like the groove of things. Mm. Yeah, it will always be like maybe the same BPM of what the yeah. last DJ was playing. But look, that's what, that's what I'm going to do first. But I will never tell a DJ not not to play a song if they want to play that song and they say to me no look yeah i'm, I'm gonna it's unless it's your thing, original track go for it. yeah they, they can't like that's like a yeah. unwritten law i guess yeah yeah it's happened to me before they play one of your tracks yeah <laughs> recently but i'm not i'm not mad i'm not mad because it's actually one of my friends that did like it a so sneak I, peek I was just of? like i was just like all right he did teaser it. a bit of a teaser yeah well that last track is what you're listening to next but to be fair he told me he was like oh by the way i played your track i was like oh damn it <laughs> like in my head i was like oh damn it i was gonna do that but then like you know it is what it is he yeah. said it went really well with what he was playing so i'm happy so, that. Yeah. i'm just happy someone played it to be honest so. i mean the last the last headlining act uh, of the night of a, a big festival for example yeah they shouldn't be touching any of their tracks as of out of respect. you would never you would never so say if you have an artist that is but let's say pick pecking duck or uh, I don't know, Mashing Kutcher or I'm just randomly remembering yeah. DJs. They were the headline. You would avoid their tracks. 
you wouldn't play Barbara Streisand. How would I, how would I know? Well, how would I know what they're going to play? Yeah, well, if they're playing mostly, well, that's what I mean. Like, don't you like all get together bef- at the start of the night? Oh, okay, interesting. Is there, have there no, been like no arguments? No need. Have there been like like fisticuffs and shit from from these or? from DJs? Yeah, like, I mean, bro, you played half my set. What the fuck? Nah, do you know what? It's because it's like um, it's kind of like, and this is like an unspoken thing in the DJ world, and it's crazy, right? Because it's like what I said to you, there's thousands of songs to play out there. But what a lot of uh, promoters and DJs don't understand is, yeah, there's millions of songs out there, right? But there's only certain songs for an audience that ticks the box. There's only certain songs in the audience for audience perspective that tick the box for them. So even though there is a thousand songs out there or millions of songs out there, there's only going to be a certain amount of songs that like someone's going to like. Yeah, yeah. there is going to be someone that is going to like yeah. songs that you're going to play. So is it better starting later on because the audience is already warmed up and you've gotten a feel of what they're into? Like, Oh, that's a hard question. Because like you, you would turn up to, let's say you're headlining. But there's not a lot of people there. What, for headlining? If you're headlining? If you're a headliner and you turn up early, Let's say, well, let's say you turn up one, maybe even two sets before you s- set up yeah. on stage. Surely you're going to pick your head out and go, oh, okay, 125 BPM. Yeah, they're vibing. The crowd. They're vibing. Okay. Yeah. And then just before, you, like let's say the set before yours, yeah. you, you look at, you peek out again halfway through that. Oh, they're, they're, they're kicking it at, at 80, a little bit slower, and then they're pumping it. Oh, shit, he just ramped it up to 160 and they're going off their shit. Yeah. Okay. So I tend, I tend to, I try, I'm known for being late. I'm sorry. Um, (laughs) But I tend to try and get there 30 minutes. A lot of promoters like you to get like there the hour before you're set, but I tend to get there 30 minutes. It set, it just sets me up right. I I love being there for 30 minutes, feeling the vibe and then like even changing the vibe a little bit, but in a great direction. I love that. Yeah. That feeling's great. Knowing that, that, they had that and now you I mean, this. I mean, if you're headlining, they're kind of there for you. So they're going to vibe anyway, right? Yeah. I mean, sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> you can't please everyone. Number one. Deep. So, so what, about, what about different audiences and different venues? Do you have different approaches? Yeah, you have to. So, so talk me through that process. When you step out on stage, you start playing and you realize that it's the wrong audience. What do you do? This is why it's important not to play on a USB because whatever's on that <laughs> yeah. USB, you have to stick to. <laughs> so do you have like do you have like collections? You just go, all right, this collection so is not going to work. In Bang. my Serato crate, oh, just giving away secrets. So Sorry, in my, bro, in my yeah, I know, right? In my Serato, I will have categories. Yeah. Okay. So I'll have R and B. I might have R and B nineties, R and B eighties. Yeah. I'll have hip hop. Then I'll have hip hop classics. Then I'll have hip hop new gen. But isn't that like basic common sense to do? I'll that? have no, because not a lot of people say it out that way. A lot of people out there will set like so, and this is one of the things that I do as well. So um, one of the ways that Rob initially taught me was to have like a criteria that you have for an event. You name the bots the event name. 
So you know everything that's playing within that event, it's within yeah. that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but if you tend to get another promoter that's on, it's like, I love that set that you did at this place, then you're going to use, it. you can yeah. evolve it and then Archive use that crate and, and then yeah. add it. And so a lot yeah. of people do that. I, I mean, yeah. Yeah. So, but what helps is if you set it up the way that, like I said before, as in like R&B 90s or whatever, and someone comes and goes, have you got any 90s music? Or have yeah. you got any, you know what I mean? Have you got any like classic hip hop? You're yeah. just going to go straight to that crate. And classic all right. All right. Bang. Spot test. Small venue, 200 max. The crowd's edgy. They're born in the 90s. And they're f they, they get loose on a couple of drinks. What songs are you playing? What sort of songs are you playing? My preference? Well, the crowd's preference. To get the, to get the crowd going. Are we talking hip hop? Maybe. The venue, the venue is more of a bar slash pub. <laughs> you can't put me in that box. Okay, okay. So, you, so you're declining that gig. In a bar? <laughs> like a, a pub? Yeah. Hell yes, I'm declining that. Yeah. I could like pub, Get a like, band, bro. Fucking hire a band, right? <laughs> in a pub? I'm like, nah. I've seen it before and it doesn't work. If it was a club, small club. 200 people, someone comes up, asks for some nighty music. What am I going with, actually? <laughs> it, it, need, it needs some, like, energetic, some life. Yeah. I'll be playing Ace of Bass to start with. Bang. Yeah, that's a, different, that's a total different category of music that I'm going to play. What well, is me, you know? I like Ace of Bass and you know I like mean? Ace of Bass. I'm, I'm going to try and Go hit them there. with a... Absolute classic. What am I going to do, man? Biggie, Tupac, maybe. Yeah, that's what experiment. I'm thinking. I'm thinking maybe like a, a Snoop, a Dre, a Biggie. Yeah. A and Tupac. then you realize the crowd's more of a rock crowd. What do you do? Bail? <laughs> no, I'm playing Linkin Park. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah. Bit of, bit of the punk. Believe it, I've played one, one yeah. rock gig. Yeah. People would be like, shut up. How'd you you are lying. I, I played the most like commercial rock you could ever. Bit of Blink-182. Oh, it was like, <laughs> but it, it was literally, I did it for the money. I was desperate. So. Yeah. And yeah. now, now, okay. Top three genres that you would play all the time forever. If you could just choose them. Go. Hip hop. R&B. Oh, this this one's hard. The third one would naturally round it off with rap, but uh, you're not thinking rap. No, because hip hop technically yeah. comes into that game. Yeah. So I'm thinking that. I can't choose between the last two. What do you got? Even though they technically are the same. What do you got? It would be either Afro Beats or Ama Piano. Uh, what's that one? The last Ama one? Piano is like, um, so you know house music? Yeah. It's like slowed down. Ah, oh, slowed, slowed down. down house music. Yeah. But it's like the sounds are like, yeah. Like you, when you hear the music, yeah. you just want to move. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can't not move. <laughs> like I've, I'm yet to see someone or a human being hear I'm a piano and not move. I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah, for sure. I like Afrobeats. I swear to you. Afrobeats is. 
dope. Like yeah. every time I hear that, I'm just like, yes, this is vibe. So, I had the Afro Beats Fusion Boys here. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Lads. Great guys. Absolute lads. Yeah. Actually, they were, I did one of their first events, actually. There you go. Yeah. There you go. So, great lads. There you go. And so, very inspirational and, um, yeah, definitely made their stamp on for Afrobeats in Perth. Yeah. All right. So a couple festivals coming up. Let's, this is hypothetical. Mm-hmm. And you want to be up the bill, like towards the top of the bill. How are you hustling and what sets you apart? I think um, the way that I'm going to get there first, how am I going to hustle it? I'm going to make sure that these guys, for one, I'm going to make sure they remember why they booked me. Hence, I'm going to go ham on social media and make sure that like, you know, the things that they've ticked off to say that this is what you do great. This is what we want. I'm going to make sure that they can see that and they can hear that. Um, If it means social media or if it means me making a mix on SoundCloud prior to the event, before the event, then I'm going to do that because it's going to make someone in that team think, oh, maybe we should actually bump him up. You're not just going to email them saying, hey, please hit me up. You're actually going to give them a decent portfolio to consider you with. When it comes, when it comes to like festival wise, um, you have to earn that. It's not something that's just giving. Uh, you have to prove that you can be up there and do it, really, really do this. So even if you do follow these steps that I'm saying to you, nine times out of 10, you're not going to get bumped up there. Bumped yeah. up the order. But it's the hustle because what this will do will help you get booked again because they're going to remember that you worked that hard to try and get up exactly. in that order. Exactly. So yeah, that's that that would be my first step. And what's been in, in in that process for you, you've headlined as well. What has been one of your greatest achievements personally in that space? My all right, my yeah. sorry, my greatest achievement at the moment and it's only because like the recent conversations that I've had with people um my greatest achievement is the fact that I'm not over here but yet I've influenced the culture of the club scene that is like and just the scene in Perth that's like one of the most amazing things to me I'm just Ashley Ford oh, there you go you know my name now I'm just Ashley Ford from Southeast London. And I'm the guy that back home, a lot of people would like count me out and say, you know, like, I don't know what he's doing, did whatever. And the fact that I can one, do it in my own country and then move to another country, start again and do it here. That, that's special to me. Man. That's massive. I don't think there's anything that matches that. Yeah. Like, and the fact that I've managed to do this for three years, you know, I'm, I'm walking around and people are like, yo, are, are, when are you on? Oh, that's like, cool. Oh, I'm here for you. Like, yeah. Like, guys, you have no idea. And anyone watching this, I am like so grateful, man. And it, it, like, honestly, humble. I'm grateful for like, love yeah, it. humble. And just, I love the support, man. Thank you. Other DJs out there who are not vibing with your shit, yeah. And who are going, nah, he's DJ Profits. I don't rate him. Mm. But other DJs who are up and coming, who are fearing of that sort of judgment and feedback, mm-hmm. what do you have to say to them? It's part of being a DJ. You cannot please everyone. This is like a lot of people strive to like – 
really try to please everyone and you just can't do it. It's one of them like lessons in life as well. Not everyone is going to like you. People might not like you for no reason. That's just the way the world is. It, it, it's the same as DJing. You can't be scared sometimes of what people will think because your job is to put that question mark, especially with music. Your job is to put that question in their head. Do you like this? That is, that is one of our jobs. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's one of our jobs for just music and the artists that are out there. They're not giving you the music to, you know, give it to someone that might not like it. Yeah. But also they have to find out who likes it. So that's our job. That's our job. And if they don't like it, then they don't like it. It's just one of the things. If they don't like what you're playing, that's fine. I guarantee there's going to be 10 or 15 other people out there that do like it. And what about specifically other DJs who pass judgment? That's just an insecurity of themselves. I feel like um, other DJs, are, it's not fair to say, and even for me, like it, it wouldn't be fair for me to say that this person doesn't do something well or that person doesn't do something yeah, well. Yeah, you hesitated. Yeah, they might not, they might not have, um, they might not do that particular thing that I'm looking for well, but there's going to be other things that they do extremely well that I can respect. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mate, I, I hear it too. You know what I mean? I hear the talk. I hear about people that talk about me and say X, Y, and Z. And yes, it, like there are some guys out there that I'm like, oh, I don't really vibe with it, but I respect it. I yeah. respect it. There's a difference between like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, you don't vibe with it and you're not respecting something. So you just brush it to a side. And there's a difference between like, yeah, maybe I don't vibe with it, but I yeah. respect it because I, it means I'm learning. Exactly. So I, you can learn, you can learn from someone that you hate. Yeah, you can. I have, they, they, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm discovering more and more of the music scene here in yeah. um, Perth that had not, or no idea about like the rap scene and hip hop mm -hmm. scene and like, like actual artists coming out of Perth. Yeah. And the music's not for me, but, I love the hustle. I yeah. love. I respect it, and and I I, I want to get around them. Yeah, what I wouldn't. I, would I, wouldn't say I wouldn't be listening to the track over and over. Over, and over. I'd give it a listen, and if it slaps, I'm off. But if it doesn't slap, I'm still going. Yeah, good work, man. Keep going. Yeah, because like I I like before, obviously coming from London, and a lot of like um, a lot of these artists would say, "Oh yeah, but I'm from Perth," and I'm like, "What?" <laughs> like, what do you mean? If that's that's the reason why you think you're not supported because you're from yeah. Perth. Yeah. I was like, well, you might not be supported in Perth, but you'll be supported in other parts of the world. So like guys that are feeling hard done by, by uh, Perth, why are you thinking just Perth? Bro, you should be thinking worldwide. Yeah, go for the top and enjoy the journey enjoy on the, the way. Journey on the way. And the thing is like, I, I get it because being like supported by your own city is like great. You know what I mean? But like being supported out there in other areas, it helps your city get on board with you as well. You know. What, what about if you feel like you're not making it in your local city, but you feel like you'd make it somewhere else? Is that a good mindset? Uh, yes. I think, do you know what? There's a few artists out there that have done that. I think um, from Perth, I would say Figaro Jones was one of those. So, I don't know if you've heard of him. No, I haven't. So he was actually, he actually had a song on like NBA 2K. Sick. And he was from Perth. 
Amazing. So, um, yeah, like amazing work. He's dope. But He's he dope, didn't. But he, he wasn't supported enough. He wasn't discovered Perth, here. And he moved to Sydney. And he was discovered there. So it is still a legitimate strategy. Y- yeah, for him it was a strategy. It's like it's because like, he felt oh, like he needed the love yeah. there to succeed, but at the same time, like yeah, like he's he's dope, and I'm I think he's gonna have more music. I wish that he, I hope that he has more music coming. Yeah, because the success that he, even though he was here, the success that he was getting while he was here was ten times of what he was getting when he was over there. Yeah. I feel like wow, yeah. and I DJed for the guy, and I know him. Yeah, and he knows that I, I like cut the shit. You know what I mean? I'm that type of guy. I yeah. will cut the shit, and I will say it. Like I'm saying it now. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's just like I, I see a lot of like not even just DJs, but like actresses or actors or someone that wants to make it. They think, yeah. oh, I need to move to LA or yeah. I need to move to Melbourne. Perth's got nothing. It's like I personally think that Perth's like the best like testing ground. I, I feel like Perth is a land of opportunity. Yeah, city of opportunity. It's one of the most livable cities in the world yeah. and people are still sleeping Crazy. on it, in it. Crazy. You know? And for someone like me to come from London yeah, and still come here and make a success, that should show people that, like, it can happen. You know, I'm not trying to be arrogant on it or, like, big up myself on it. I'm saying, like, you can do it. I'm not even from here and I did it. So imagine what you can do. You've got more resources than me. If you can do it in Perth, you can do it anywhere. There you go. <laughs> Upcoming projects. Upcoming projects. I have a few. So a lot of people are asking me about Expressions Radio uh, coming back. So Expressions Radio, I created that for like, uh, you know, like Future Beats and stuff like that, which is like remixes that you hear for like TikToks and stuff like that. Sick. So um, I'm bringing that back. I'll have like guest DJs on there. So hopefully that will start towards the start of the new year. Yeah. Um, I'm also where I've been doing my own remixes. I recently released my hide and seek Stormzy remix, 20k, 20k plays first week. So that was on, on that's on SoundCloud. Sick. Yep. So um, I'm also going to be doing a EP Ugh. with like stuff like that, and um, yeah, that's I'm looking forward to that. So look out yeah. for that. I'm also going to be doing another project uh, that I've recently come up with, which is um, I'm going to be taking artists from Perth. I'm going to put them on put them on a nice little like EP with like some remixes few, and stuff like that. A few hustles there. Try to good. do that. We've got Keys and Creps. Keys and Creps is out there now with that platform uh, with Jason Brown. Shout out Jason Brown um, and Jaden. So Keys and Creps is really taking uh, the next level with that. We're going to be doing like more street videos, more like concept videos and stuff like that. That's uh, and linking up with um, Fluent Store. So that's, that's going to be amazing. Um, I'm going to be doing a few shows, Sydney, Melbourne, Gold Coast. Um, I'm going back to London, uh, hopefully Europe as well. Um, yeah, I'm indulging in that. There's nothing that I'm not trying to touch. Uh, fashion, all of it, man. And how are you doing that with kids when you have kids? Luckily, I have like, luckily the mother of my children are actually as much as we've fought. She's they, coming clutch. They're amazing. Yeah, they come yeah. clutch. As much as there are problems along the way with what comes with this life, as you know, um, yeah, they, they come clutch. So um, shout out to you guys for that. And um, I've got, again, I've got an amazing support system. I have a, an amazing manager, Zinkra. She's amazing. Uh, I don't know what I would do without her. Uh, she literally sorts out like my whole schedule and everything else. So 
don't know what I would do. Mate, I'd, I'd need one of those. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I have an amazing girlfriend, um, at which she does complain. Yes. About like <laughs> the time that she gets to spend with me. But at the same time, she understands that like, this is what I'm about, man. I'm about that hard work. She, she, know? she knew that when she signed the papers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I've got like a close net. Like I don't, I could probably count my friends on my hand. Yeah. That like, I'm really like, close with and like and they help you. his family and yeah uh, yeah Love that. that's a great support system to have so what is one or maybe one couple of things that you want to accomplish in this career the most one of the things that i want to accomplish in this the most got him got me man because i i I do this because one, I love it. And two, it supports the people that I love. So like for me, like it's endless. It doesn't matter what I sort of accomplish in this sort of field for me. Oh, no, I, I generally it's not an end love. point. It's yeah. something that, that, that I you really want to do. Yeah. I'll give you an example, right? For me, I want to be able to uh, hire my friends to help me. Yeah. Like go further than. I could ever imagine. And they're and they're not and they're not like shackled down yeah. being my employees. They're there to go fucking love making content with you, Sev. And I get paid for paid it. It's sick, it. you yeah. know? And 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 it's like I want it to be in an abundance because even if they aren't feeling up for it, it's okay. It's okay. And they're not going, oh shit, now I have to go back to the nine to five. I would I say that. then for me, actually, do you know what? I'm not selfish enough. So I'll pick something for me yes. and I will say a world, a world tour with an artist, a world tour with an artist would be like. Let's, let's manifest it. I let's, would, let's go further. Who is it? A world tour with an artist of my picking? Yes. It's on the tip of my tongue, but I you should say it straight away, which means you haven't manifested no, it enough. No, it's not that. It's because there's so many different artists for different reasons why I would want to tour with them. Give me, give me whoever. I would is love. Thinking about I would love to tour with Little Uzi. I feel like his energy is amazing. There you go. Bro. Like his energy. Put is it out to amazing. the world. Someone tag Little Uzi. <laughs> Get this man I would, on. I would definitely love. I would love a trippy red. Yeah. I would love a trippy red. I would love a Skepta world tour. Man, that would be amazing. So any of them dream collabs as well? Like on, on your, on your like tracks? My dream collab has passed away, which is Biggie. Oh, I mean, true. Do you know, Snoop Dogg charges 250K for a bar? <laughs> what? Yeah. I read this somewhere recently. 250K. That, I, I feel like that that sort of stuff is like escalated like all yeah, I mean, I ridiculous. I haven't validated Did it. Did you see somewhere that um someone paid Nicki Minaj a mil for an hour of her time? <laughs> what? What were they doing? Who is that important? <laughs> is it just me that thinks that? I mean, I don't I don't know. Would you pay a mil for no, your time? I would not. Would you let anyone pay a mil for your time? Or depending on what I was doing. If I was uh, thinking about, if, <laughs> it depends. It depends. It depends on who it is and what I'm doing. 
Okay. So I've thought about this. I've thought about this. Actually, I've actually thought about this. So let's say. <laughs> There we go. I love it. I love it, it when he does this because I know it comes around. Here it comes. My uh, my crew's been looking at my camera because it's my one camera. Is it still good or is it fucked? All right, great. <laughs> so, main camera. <laughs> I have this like kind of vision that the Prince of Emirates, thirteen-year-old son, if there is an, even is one, just finds me on TikTok or some reason and just goes, "I like this guy, and he's my favorite TikToker because heaps of kids come to me and." And want to f- take a photo of me at that age. Yeah. Imagine the Prince of Emirates or Saudi Arabia or something just vibes with me for some reason. And then goes, I want him at my 13th birthday party. And then the, the king or the, the royal family hits me up, however the fuck they're going to do it. <laughs> they're probably just going to fly here and, and get a whole, <laughs> like all these um, black what? Escalades rocking up. And they just come to my door and uh, I don't know how the fuck they'd find me. <laughs> they have their sources. Trillion dollar family. Tracking system. Tracking yeah, yeah, system, yeah. yeah. And then they go, we need you at, our son, at, at my son's birthday in Dubai at, at, at the Burj Khalifa. I don't know what accent I'm doing right now. Will <laughs> you come? Gonna ask that. Will you come? Will you come? We will, we will look after you. Name your price. I'm like, I'm fucking making bank here. This is my bank. Because $1 million for their trillion dollar family is pennies. And I'm going, right, okay, my demands are million dollars um, deposit. <laughs> I want three G wagons. It's a deposit. Three G wagons. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, and I would like to potentially negotiate a retainer for the next year. <laughs> Cash it in. And, um, yeah, Emirates. You guys own Emirates. So, and I'll, and I'll express my problem to them. I don't fit in the economy. <laughs> I would like a lifetime first class for me and my wife uh, on Emirates for life. Um, and I will make it to your son's 13th birthday. Absolutely no problem. And then they'll, they, would, they, they would snap call it. They were like, done. And I'd be like, fuck, I should have asked. <laughs> <laughs> they said done too quick. Eh? Yeah. And, then, and then I rock up and then I, 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 I'm, I'm visualizing this. I rock up and I'm just like, Holy shit. Okay. Now what do I have to do? And then the kid comes up to me and I'm just like, hey, and like, um, uh, assalamualaikum and all that stuff. And, and I'll wear, the, I'll, I'll get in amongst it. I'll wear the, the clothes yeah, and the clothes traditions and, and I'll learn about all of it. And I, I know a lot of it already because yeah. I've been in Dubai heaps of times. Every time I step into a cab, I'm like, uh, assalamualaikum. Uh, alaikum. Yeah. And the, their, 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 their body language changes instantly. I come in, white dude comes in and they're just like fucking tourists. Probably made some fill at ease. Yeah. And then yeah. they're like, oh. And then they start st- talking Arabic to me. I'm like, no, 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 no. no. That's all I know. <laughs> but they, but they, that respect is instant, right? Yeah. But going back yeah. to the party, this 13, 13 year old party, we're hanging out, making TikToks and I'm just like sick and, you know, like, and then I get home and then there's this G wagon <laughs> outside my rental property. <laughs> I got a mill in the bank, another two mil for going there. Hey, you got two mil. You better not be going back to a rental or property. No, no, I'm, I'm, yeah. I've got it sorted. But that's what I mean. Like, this is how crazy TikTok is and social media is. Mm. You put yourself out there as you are, your authentic self, and you, you, you never know who is watching that has status, that has money, that has ridiculous money. They'll just go, yep, I want him at my. 
13th birthday party. Remember the movie Billy Madison? Wow. Remember the movie Billy How Madison? How do you remember that? Mate, classic. Adam Sandler. Billy Madison, he passes grade one and he fucking throws this massive rich party yeah. for all these kids and, you know. Nah, you, you know, took me back. That's, that shit. And and then Billy Madison sees me on TikTok going, I want him at my party. Make I used it to happen. dream of stuff like that. When That's I was what a kid, I mean. Right? It's it's possible. It's like, possible. wow, that could happen. Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't dream of being invited to a thirteen-year-old birthday no, party. That's weird. But, but if it's like the Prince of Saudi Arabia, and the kid's a big fan, I'm I'm coming. I'll come. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll hang out. We'll we'll do some rich people shit. We'll have about fourteen Rolexes. Gift one to Ryan because I know he loves them. And like, you go. <laughs> exactly, he's like, yeah. sure. It's 50K. I'm like, yeah, no worries. Probably more worth yeah. more from I mean, them. you didn't have to pay for it. So. No, exactly. <laughs> you go, man. You know, hustle for my friends. You know, it's like uh, in the NBA or the NFL. Yeah. The, the sports player wins. The, the sportsman wins. His whole family wins. I'll look after him. I love that, like, you giving back. Is yeah, like, for sure. Thing, you know, money's a tool. very much like that yeah. as well. And that's yeah. what I vibe when you yeah. said that answer. Money's a tool. Money's a tool to then share around with the people that believed in you, Believe that have helped you. you. Yeah. And- Money's also a tool to find the real, the real fakes. Yeah, and most of them come out of the woodwork. Going, hey, remember me? Yeah, like like emo emo yeah. when when he went into the the Australia's Got Talent. Mm. I was like, I'm voting for him. I'm actually doing it, and I'm like, bro, you have the best flex later on. People coming out of the woodworks, you'd be like, how long have you been a fan for? Oh, forever, man. Love uh, your work. Oh yeah, <laughs> and then he'll be like, show me the uh, show me the text that you voted for me. Show me the text. And he goes, bro, I'm so using that. You know, just like create create tickets, create receipts, because, receipts. Yeah. It's easy in this world uh, for nowadays with like social media for people to portray themselves or yeah. something that they're not a. Eh? Yeah. Oh, and, exactly. And like it makes people like have this like guard up. It's like, do you ever have people like walk up to you and expect you to be a certain way because of what they see in the video? Have you ever had that? I'm, yet? I'm I the comment I get all the time is you're just like yourself in your videos. That's dope. That, that and that's the difference. Yeah. If you're if you're a circus performer on video, you mm. have to be a circus performer in real life. Because I feel like people nowadays like they take social media as like, oh yeah, like that's what that yeah. guy's like. And yeah. then when you meet someone or they meet you, then they're like, oh, wait, wait, hold on. This is a total 180. Yeah. Like a lot of people, because they see me DJing like nonstop and see me like you know what I mean? Like they they aut- automatically think that I'm like very, very like sociable. Yeah. And bro, sometimes I'm scared to talk to people, bro. <laughs> That's it. Like honestly, sometimes I'm like, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, mm, I, I put it on. Like and my, yeah. my schoolmates, um, they were like, oh, fucking. Um, they were like, Seb, you're the same person since school. That's sick. And now you're, <laughs> now you're blowing up on the internet. That's awesome. And all you had to do was share it on, on yeah. the internet. I'm like, yeah. That's it. No, how do you get famous? It's just like put put the content out. Anytime I have an idea, out, out, out. Yeah, that's now what's I'm, important. Now I'm tired of it though because, and I mentioned this to it in, in almost every podcast, but I want to put out more educational, valuable content, yeah. less of the being a dickhead. Yeah. Um, I'll still be a dickhead every now and then because, you know, people need that kind of laugh release. Laughter is an instant holiday. I always say that. It's one of my favorite quotes. But when that laughter's over, the holiday's over. Yeah. And you've got to be either learning or wasting time. Which one is it? The thing is when you're doing this, you're actually supporting the community. When you're yeah. giving information out there that people like, generally yeah. need or like raising up the new talent. 
You know what I mean? Like um, when it comes to like, especially when I, now that I'm over here, I really want to get into um, like helping like the black community and like helping uh, uh, awareness of like black history, man. I think that's so important, man. 100%. I think that's so important. Yeah, Because I, I feel like it's not taught here in schools and stuff. And I'm like, no, how is, is that not, how is that not something that mm. is not, you know? Because that's something that can really inspire like, you know, like uh, the next president or you know yeah. what I mean? Like knowing them values and yeah. what like what's happened around the world is like so important. Yeah. Like especially for like young kids growing up to see that like these guys wearing the same shoes as you and this is how they've got Yeah, out. if he can do it, I can do it. There you go. Yeah. I think that's important. Right. All right. We've uh we've talked a lot. We have. And uh the cameras are gonna run out of battery soon. <laughs> and uh Good I better times. sign out. Thanks for coming in. <laughs> Thank you, man. I definitely definitely reckon we'll do a part two. Sooner than later. Yeah. And um, all the best with 2023. Thank you, brother. Thank and um, how do we find you? Uh, social media, profits underscore underscore. Actually, everything is profits underscore underscore. Uh, Twitter, SoundCloud, um, Spotify, uh, Apple Music. It's all profits underscore underscore, man. That's it. Find it there. For everybody listening, let me know how you go and uh, what you thought of the conversation. And uh, yeah, hit up profits underscore underscore <laughs> and shout outs again to uh hunt and brew for the coffee and ed maradona for this sick shirt uh merry christmas um i probably post this after christmas so merry <laughs> christmas for whatever fucking year you're listening to um and uh let's get it for the next episode uh see you soon good thanks <laughs>